My plan was uh, to become a marine biologist. Oh, nice. Uh, wow. I think it. And I think the only reason I wanted that was because of the TV show Flipper. Um, not because I was great in sciences or thought I could save the world through underwater farms or something. It was just right. hang out with a dolphin. Yeah. And um, that changed when I got my first laugh on stage. Tokyo tonight. Tonight. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm glad I could help you through the difficult times of your youth. Uh, I am a certain generation's Mr. Rogers. Absolutely. <laughs> I like how you took you took like one look at me and you were like, "You, this guy had some difficult times in his youth." So I'm just gonna. <laughs> and like, who didn't? Who right. No, that's true. That's Richie true. Rich. Absolutely. There's a reference for you youngsters out there. <laughs> who? Yeah, that's a good question, dude. Who helped you? Was there was there somebody? Was there comedy or somebody uh, that you looked up to that was famous that kind of helped you get through your awkward teenage phases? Oh, I, I when I was growing up, I was big into television. I felt, looking back, I feel like I was watching television 24 hours a day, which was not. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was not happening, but it was during. Um, all right, everybody. Get ready to Google. Here are some <laughs> of the shows I enjoyed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I was big. Uh, Carol Burnett. The Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, yeah. Uh, anything with... Um, I also would watch uh, a lot of old movies when I was young, like the Bob Hope and uh, anything with Jack Benny. Anyone who made me laugh, I would sort of um, gravitate to. And I, I loved, especially in the older days, they all had these sort of strong personas, like... Jack Benny had set up this character. He's a perpetually 39. He's a skinflint. Uh, he had this amazing cast of characters around him. And so I I loved the people who worked in a great ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when I was a kid, I used to, uh, my parents used to rent me the uh, Abbott and Costello films. And I was like, a I was the only one who was like my age who was still watching black and white, you know, you know, movies and stuff. But I, I love those things to death. There's nothing and, wrong with that. Right. <laughs> you can learn from that. There's nothing being done now that hasn't been done before. <laughs> Dude, that is so true. I used to tell people that all the time. They used to get like aggravated with me because they'd be like, oh, I love this guy. He's brilliant. He's completely original. And I'm like, actually, in 1952, uh, mm, comedy yeah. nerd stuff. I'm like, yeah, the only thing they had was censorship. They couldn't do anything really sexual or anything right. swearing. But aside yeah. from that, there's um, everyone from. Again, get your Google ready. Uh, Ernie <laughs> Kovacs um, yeah. were doing these amazing, uh, amazing things. Did you ever see, did you ever have like culture shock where like, because I, I uh, grew up watching like, uh, you know, Buddy Hackett and like the Love Bug movies or the Herbie <laughs> the Love Bug. And then I would see him do stand up and I'm not, oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's the guy from the Love Bug. And then it would be the most filthiest, raunchiest thing. 
Yeah, we would do shows um, when we were doing Who's Line. We would do shows in Vegas. Drew would take us to Vegas every Super Bowl weekend, oh, wow. and we would do a bunch of shows. And then people would come to see well, Drew Carey, the lovely guy who hosts <laughs> Who's Line. And then he would go into his material, one of which was basically pasting uh, Brad Pitt's picture to his balls. So <laughs> you could just see faces of people going, "What?" <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! I got to work with Drew at uh, Bananas Comedy Club, and uh, they the, half the audience was there for Prices Right, and uh, and I and I was thrilled because I knew you know I I know yeah. what he does or whatever, and I was like, oh these old ladies yeah. have and they had the stickers on with their names on it, and I think he loved it even more because he was like. This is gonna be great. Oh yeah, he, he <laughs> loves that. Yeah. And, uh, God bless him. Oh um, yeah, I can say uh, nothing bad about Drew. The loveliest. Oh, I always say, if you're gonna know a millionaire, he's the millionaire you should know. Incredibly yeah. generous, uh, a lovely guy. I've never seen the staff at a comedy club happier than when he was there. I only worked with uh, there was that one time, but they were like, "Drew Carey's here. This is gonna be an awesome weekend." Like they're like, "I may be able to pay my rent this weekend." Oh yeah, because uh, he's just a he, generous he, dude. Horribly, it's like, <laughs> oh, here's a hundred dollars for looking at me. It's like, oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. It, oh, I know, and it's really, and you're just like, I'm like, I, I'm also poor, so I don't have. <laughs> I'm like, can I wait tables too? Because. This comedy club money's not cutting it for night. Um, this is crazy. What was the uh, one of the questions we always ask guests that are on is basically, do you did you have uh, uh, an interest in comedy the entire time you were younger, growing up, to get into it, or did you have any other passions? Like, was it like, you know, you wanted to be this, and your your life took a turn into comedy? Oh yeah, it took a major turn. I mean, I was always a big fan of, uh, as I said, movies and sitcoms of, of all mm. time. But my plan was. Uh, to become a marine biologist. Oh, nice! Uh, wow. I think it. And I think the only reason I wanted that was because of the TV show Flipper. Um, <laughs> not because I was great in sciences or thought I could save the world through underwater farms or something. It was just right. Hang out with a dolphin. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that changed when I got my first laugh on stage, and it was like, yeah, bye bye. Do you remember what uh, what you were doing? It was a, um, I was very shy as a, a kid. And in high school, I was dared by a friend to try out for the school play, which I got. The nice. Death and Life of Sneaky Fitch, a musical Western. Wow. And I played Mervyn Vale, the undertaker. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, I still remember that moment of getting that first laugh. And it just seemed to go on forever. And I thought, oh, yeah. This is what I want. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I imagine it's what it's like with heroin. It was exactly <laughs> this, this is it. By science, hello theater. <laughs> oh man. That's great though. I did my first school play, I was a eunuch, so I didn't have the quite oh. the same uh it, yeah, I was laugh? it's a funny thing for what'd you say? Do you get any laughs or I, I, I did, but not for the right reasons wow. and probably not on stage. Yeah. They, they, uh, I think it was in, it was in forum. It was a funny thing happened on the way to the forum Oh, yeah. and they were like, Oh, we don't know you and you can't sing. So you're going to be a eunuch. And I was like, okay, cool. But they put me in this like MC hammer costume. So I had like a vest when it was opened and I was like, I don't think eunuchs were this cool or wore <laughs> yeah, really. like as, 
Is this like, just the advertising? <laughs> Come on, get some of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was like a sophomore in high school too, so I still had the braces. I'm like, this is all bad, all of it. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was uh, that was my first time ever doing a first and last time doing a play or a, or a musical. But that's um, learn something new about you every day, John. I really didn't know that. A hundred plus shows. I've never I don't ever really. really I know. I don't ever really say it. I can't say you look very good. Uh, this is no, uh, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but you look, um, very good, very attractive, man. Nice beard, oh. uh, uh, both of you, uh, very thank attractive. You. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. You're thank welcome. you. You're the first person to really compliment us like that on here, so no, thank you. Are what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> this is where Colin starts naming names. All right, go. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I got some names. Who do you hate? <laughs> it's pandemic times. Nobody cares anymore. It's over. No, pandemic is full of love. Yeah, that's true. It is. It has. It has shifted go. things a little bit. I love that. I read an article recently. You're going out. You're, you're still doing out, uh, going tour and doing shows, stuff like that. You got the scared scriptless tour, and you're mm -hmm. doing stuff uh, with a hypnotist. But yeah. you guys are insisting that it's vax, which I appreciate like to no end because. You know, you you're. I mean, obviously, you're who you are, and you can you can definitely demand that kind of stuff. Really, uh, <laughs> I think so, right? You want to push back, but still, that's, <laughs> that's that's what is going on in my head because I feel like there's no way I should. You know, I feel like yeah. I deserve pushback, and then you know, you know, we try. We had a lot of shows in Florida, and they were not going for it. So we, oh, like, okay, and I, I feel bad because there, you know, we have. Uh, people who want to see shows in Florida, uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, the situation is. I don't think anyone feels safe and I I love the show we do. I really enjoy it. Don't want to get sick because of it. Right. Same. Yep. Yeah. It is. It's a weird, it's a weird kind of thing. I just had to, Tom and I were just talking about it earlier, but I had to always good on a live show to reference something that nobody saw you talking about. No. Um, <laughs> I criticize myself as I'm going along, by the way. Uh, oh, that's, <laughs> fine. that's great. <laughs> I'm so, doing that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm just happy to have a guest that's quick enough to play right off of it. He doesn't even mind. He is <laughs> an improv master. <laughs> the guest isn't trying to click exit randomly. Like, how do I get out of? Um, he just freezes. This is my uh, show. This is my <laughs> show. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah we, we, like I had to cancel a bunch of shit in uh, in this month, basically, and in February or whatever. But it's cool because it's like some of the comedy clubs are really like you said they're pretty decent with it and they're like oh we're just gonna reschedule and move everything along and some are just really not cool about it mm -hmm. and they make you feel like you're a piece of shit for not wanting to get catch this stuff so it's 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 a bummer because you know i'm sure you love to perform as much as anybody does and yeah it's and like it's bizarre because i mean it used to be at the beginning of our show we would always say we're not taking anything political because it right. immediately it splits the audience in half and that's yep. we don't do political humor we're just goofy yeah. so and, and that was fine but now it's weird to say we're not bringing anyone up here who isn't <laughs> double vaxxed and and masked and right it. it feels different right uh, but yeah. uh, we're doing it and so yeah. far it's been fine there hasn't been any sort that's of cool mass um demonstrations yeah that, is, that actually it worked the opposite for John. Like John had a show recently, right? A couple months ago yeah. where they said, sorry, you have to be vaxxed. It got so much pushback that people made such an uproar about it that every it sold out swiftly because the people that <laughs> yeah. were vaxxed were like, thank God. And they jumped yeah, in. Yeah, like, exactly. Oh. Right. Oh, I don't get, I mean, there's a lot I don't understand. Right. About the human race. Oh. But, 
I mean, really, we were the worst species to inherit the earth. Oh, yeah. Hey, so if dolphins had thumbs, they'd be the overlord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, I, I saw a video on uh, on YouTube or something like that the other day where there was a whale playing catch with someone. I was like, when was, I haven't seen people play catch with each other, let alone, but this thing no. was going, like he was having a blast. And um, he had a booster shot. yeah yeah i saw a turtle giving him out on the beach it's been really they've been really helpful i know listen to our animal friends they seem to know what's going on now see that that? if the dolphins end up inheriting the earth you're going to regret the improv thing over marine biology liver would have came right around well i think they'll um still enjoy my work a lot of them grew up with me so (laughs) it's all working oh that's great have you ever scott have you ever got to swim with one yes uh where um i'll ask you you won't know the answer (laughs) the bahamas atlantis there there was a place where they sort of rehabilitate uh drug addled um, <laughs> um, uh, dolphins and porpoises who have been injured through you know outboard motor motors or whatever so we got to be with a um and uh, it was such a thrill i mean nice. they're just lovely and very much like what i thought flipper would be so <laughs> there were no dreams dashed i thought this is exactly what i thought it would be and it, it, it was lovely that's awesome yeah. I, I've never gotten to do it, but I did get to, um, my friend uh, has a, a, a penguin thing and I got oh. to meet a penguin one. A penguin nope. thing sounds like a fetish. Yeah, penguin thing. <laughs> never add thing at the end of something. I know. <laughs> it immediately takes it somewhere else. I don't know why I skip, I skip ahead in my brain where I go, they don't want to hear the rest of the sentence, but the rest of the sentence it normally makes everything make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I held a kiwi, which apparently is illegal. Oh, but um, it was given to me, so I didn't want to drop it. But it yeah. was cool. <laughs> really soft feathers, and wow! You think why was this made? It's a yeah. bird that can't fly and is probably delicious <laughs> to the predators. Right? Yeah, that is kind of sad. I never thought of it that way. I also didn't know they were illegal to hold. Uh, apparently, well, I didn't find out till after I'd held it and uh, thrown it up a couple of times because <laughs> you know, I'm a father. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> so it, was, it was nice. <laughs> oh my god! Um, so, are, so you went from marine biology, you did your first play or whatever, and you were doing that yeah. kind of stuff. Did you have any inkling into going? And do you know? Did you know what you wanted to do, or was it just the acting thing? And then you were like, it was no, just I'm the acting thing. Uh, here's the thing: when I was growing up, there was no improv really Mm -hmm. there was jonathan winters right and then uh robin williams came later but there was Mm -hmm. at no point when i was at school or uh, growing up did anyone ever say i'd like to be an improviser (laughs) because yeah Uh, and uh so thank you uh who's line for giving um us a career uh, because otherwise uh, i certainly wouldn't be here It'd probably be somewhere in the Galapagos. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> playing with a turtle. When you started in, you started in Second City in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was the goal there? Because I've had a few Second City guys on um, before. And it's usually, it's kind of almost mixed where it's like the goal was to get to America or they were kind of 
just thrilled that they were doing what they were doing in Canada. You know what I mean? Just happy to be performing stuff like that. Did you have that thing where you were like, I got to get to the U S to do like, you know, SNL, TV. that kind of stuff, TV. No. Um, well, I mean, anyone who's followed my career realizes it's not planned very well, <laughs> um, but I, I never thought of that. All my, all I ever wanted to do was just work. Mm -hmm. And um, so Second City uh, was great. Before that, I'd been working in theater sports in Vancouver, which had led to improvised productions. And because of the success of that led to um, like real plays and some okay. television. And then um, Ryan Stiles, who uh, we sort of grew up together, he had moved. He had done the Second City at Expo. And of course, you know, he did all right. So they asked him <laughs> to come back to Toronto. <laughs> And then uh, I had moved out to Toronto with a, a girlfriend and he got me an audition and wow. I managed to get Second City. And the woman who auditioned me uh, became my wife a, a few years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's been very important. Uh, and he also, through him, I got Who's Line. And oh, I'm okay. pretty sure my daughter is his. I <laughs> um, we don't talk about it because. Awkward. It's very awkward. Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, but yeah, I never thought, oh, this is the thing. And of course, I, I that's not the way I went. I ended up going to uh, Britain and doing Who's Line There. Right. And it wasn't until they became an American uh, show that that sort of happened for me. Yeah, I remember I remember seeing the Britain one on TV. I think it was on the Comedy Channel before it was Comedy Central. It was yeah. like the, whatever that, whatever that was. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing it there too. And whose idea was it to switch it over to the American side? Uh, the British guys, because they're money hungry. They thought, uh, <laughs> if we, you know what? America is where the money is. And right. I have to say, the time in uh, Britain was great. It was like six weeks in the summer where oh, wow. we'd work on the weekends. Every year they would call up and say, we have more money for you. And I kept thinking... <laughs> Why do people say showbiz is hard? It seems fairly simple. <laughs> and they give us this incredible per diem. So we try to find things to do in London for mm -hmm. a month. Um, and then they decided to go uh, move it to uh, America. Because at that point, it was very popular amongst the college crowd. Uh, from yeah. The comedy uh, uh, channel. And it had sort of a, a following. We'd actually, while we were doing the British series, we shot a few in New York. So um, when they first shopped it, uh, I think they went to Paramount first, who wanted to have a VJ host it. And they wanted, their thing was, we want young, good-looking improvisers. And um, thank God the producer said, you know what? It works for <laughs> the old funny guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they're ugly, but you know, after a while, you don't even notice. <laughs> and, um, at that point, Ryan was doing uh, the Drew Carey show and uh, had mentioned to Drew, you know, they're looking for a host for the American version. And so he got Drew together with the producers. And at that point, Drew was like the biggest thing on ABC. So mm -hmm. on his say-so, uh, we got a show. And then wow. we did the summer. Uh, it was sort of a summer show. We did six episodes did blockbuster then they put us after uh drew show and we did great and then they realized how cheap the show was <laughs> so they put us against survivor and friends <laughs> so that <laughs> even though we were killed every week in the ratings because we were so cheap we still made the network money wow 
I didn't even realize that. We, we my uh my theater arts teacher in high school used to play that like a lot more than probably anybody realized. <laughs> like we would come in and there'd be like a VHS thing going on and she'd be like, I want you to watch what they do. And I had already seen it. So I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, so I guess it's better than having like a lesson. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Just... It was 10 times better. Yeah. And it was, but it was amazing though too, because she really would kind of point stuff out that you guys had done or whatever, but it was, it was like a double lesson because it was fun. I was always such a comedy nerd when I was younger that I uh, I liked watching anything. So I watched you guys over Friends. Trust me, um, <laughs> I didn't. That's why you were like, we were on against them because <laughs> my family watched Friends over me. <laughs> I wish I was joking. Uh, but my wife constantly goes, "Oh, remember this?" No, because we were up against Friends. <laughs> why would I watch this? Show? Oh my God! Do you were you um were you at all surprised that like? when they when they uh had like drew Car like did you know drew carey at the time like did you no. understand that he because he, he does love improv like he he liked to do live i remember episodes of the drew carey show yeah no um i never met him before we did the show and you know i mean i mean he's just a lovely guy so you yeah. fall in love with him and he was like a major fan of the show he loved like being at the desk and watching what we were doing and mm -hmm. you know the executives in that way they have forced him well, they have to. He, you have to be in the last scene, so he, you know, would take classes. He read books. We would go down to the improv on uh, Melrose and do sets so that he would feel more comfortable. Oh, nice! The very first episode we taped, my wife was in the green room, and mm -hmm. nobody knew who she was, and it was all executives, and they were watching the taping, and going, "You know what? It's good. It needs stars." So they started naming people like, you know, uh, what about Jennifer Aniston? And, uh, you know, uh, Lisa Kudrow, she was with the Groundlings. So, and, you know, they're all friends. Maybe they're all good. And then someone said, what about Dustin Hoffman? No, Dusty isn't hot right now. And they started going through <laughs> all these names. And then finally, one guy said, you know, what they're doing is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and then they just kind of stopped and went, oh. And that was the last time we ever heard from any executives that nobody, wow. we never got publicized. Uh, we still don't where I'm constantly getting tweeted. You guys should do that show again. We're like in year eight of the CW. Nobody <laughs> knows about it. <laughs> it's like, you know, just put like something out there going, Hey, we have this show that you may remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you watch it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy because everybody thinks it's so, so easy to do that kind of stuff. And I um, I love improv. I, I think it's a lot of fun to do. But I remember uh, there's a place in Boston that was around. I think it closed during the pandemic called Improv Boston. Yeah. And but they're so nice to comedians there. So whenever I was in town to do other shows or whatever, they would let me do a set at Improv Boston and their audiences just love comedy. So it's fun. It's like a very friendly thing. And then at one point they were like, come on you know stages because when i'm doing my set i do like to mess around and stuff like that but like, come on stage you can come on on the last thing that we do or whatever and i was like sure i forgot i was on stage uh i was literally just watching them because everybody you th that's a whole other skill other muscle they're all everybody's so familiar with each other and they're crushing and i'm just this idiot like it's like everybody's going super fast and i'm moving in slow motion but it was i had a blast it was so much fun to be on there so it's 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 crazy how hard it is to do it, but how easy you guys all make it look. It's nuts. You know what? It's it's really not that hard. <laughs> no, people say, how can we do it? It's so hard. 
Mm -hmm. The only reason it's hard is because you have to do things we don't do in real life. Right. To listen to people and accept their ideas. That's it. Um, you know, I taught some workshops where I spent the entire time trying to get someone to say yes to what someone else has said. <laughs> the first thing you want to go is, no, I have a better idea. And then everything just dies. Right. So, um, but it, it really is simple. We try to make it look hard because who needs the competition? <laughs> was there anybody on there that was um because you did have a couple guest stars on at the time right yeah. like there, there was a few people was there anybody that you were really excited to have? i know you had robin williams on which must robin have williams was was great and i think everybody was so thrilled and he was one of those guys who knew everybody's uh name and the crew like within five minutes mm -hmm. always wow. was keeping the energy up and you know, he was at that point, he, he was an Oscar winner and right. he was doing our show <laughs> up, up against Friends and Survivor. Um, so it, it was and we all were big fans of his. So it was mm. just great not only to be able to work with him, but also that he was such a lovely person and that kept the dream alive. Nice. Uh, so nice. that was wonderful. And uh, Sid Caesar did a show, which. Oh, wow. Uh, for me was uh, great because Sid Caesar was someone who I really admired. And um, just um, when you think of what he, they did a 90 minute live show um, every week. Right. And you had yeah. writers like Mel Brooks and Neil Simon and people who are responsible for some of the greatest shows, MASH and uh, whatever. So mm -hmm. to have him on the show was a real thrill also. Yeah, that was an awesome yeah. episode too. Because the double talk thing was a thing that always blew me away. I don't yeah. know, uh, you know that that's it's just incredible to me. Oh no, uh, he was amazing, and he, he was it was his birthday. I think he was seventy nine, and he was wow. still as sharp as ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Were those the two guys you were like? Were you ever starstruck by somebody? Um, I'm guessing those two. Um, yeah, and that was it. I don't really care about other people. I, I uh, <laughs> well, it was fine. Richard Simmons, I guess, but it was a yeah. time I was going through. <laughs> um, I know I kid, but uh, I, I truly believe that the episode with um, Richard Simmons was one of the funniest things ever on television. Oh I thought God. he was so uh, just committed to uh, having fun and enjoying himself and just uh, made. Yeah, magic. I thought. I think it was unexpected too, because I don't think I, I don't think any when, when that announcement happened or that he was going to be on. I was just kind of like, really? Because the only thing I think I you know vaguely knew who he was from like the the joke, you know, butt of the joke kind of yeah. stuff. He's always on talk shows or whatever. And then the Simpsons, and then you guys, and then that was that was yeah. my frame and, of reference. You know, we never knew who the guest was, so it was again. It was we did the same. It was like Richard Simmons. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's see where this goes. <laughs> Was there a big variance between when you were over in the UK? Because it's a much drier comedy there to me. I feel like it's... Yeah. Um, actually, I think that screwed me up. My my first show uh, in Britain, I I sucked. Because I, <laughs> I, I got into my head and I thought, oh, you know, we speak the same language, but there's a different reference level and yeah uh, blah 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 and so i i didn't put myself out there and so the show didn't go well and it wasn't until we did those shows in new york that they gave me another chance and then i realized um it was basically uh, the same they like a, 
absurdist, surreal humor at time. They were also getting a lot of the American shows, so they had a reference point to, yeah. you know, if we make a, a Knight Rider reference, <laughs> they would get it. <laughs> if we ever did one, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, like, We actually yeah, have a fan who has a grudge about that. Uh, <laughs> horrible. But when we would improvise with uh, British improvisers. When we were, uh, I, I did a lot of work at the comedy sh uh, store. I became really good friends with a lot of them. They have a very different style where they they break the fourth wall always. And in North America, it feels like sometimes it's a little precious. Well, that's you, you've got to be in the scene all the time. But I love that being able to comment on. Oh boy, that was horrible. <laughs> Let's see what he does. <laughs> um, so it was very presentational and, and fun. So it, it was different in that way. I, I find in North America, sometimes we get a little more uh, amongst improvisers. Anyway, the audience doesn't really care as long as they're laughing, they're happy. Yeah. yeah. Was it hard to be on ABC with, I mean, with what you could say, what you couldn't say? Is there any like, because I heard that at some point there was like extra, like you guys just have stuff that was cut out because you were having so much fun, but ABC would be like, no. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Because we come from doing the British show where there was mm. no censorship. You could right. do pretty much any. You could screw the queen and, you know, slap her. <laughs> it was absolutely fine. And then um, there was a censor in the booth. And in the first couple of shows, they would stop things. So, you know, I, I was doing a scene where I was improvising with Greg Proops. I was supposed to be in love with him. So I kissed him. Then this voice <laughs> comes over the intercom. Uh, can you please make up something else? <laughs> and then the next 20 minutes is unerable because uh, Drew has a real button against censorship. So he was going, mm. well, okay, I guess we'll go into motherfucking uh, greatest hits. And then, <laughs> <laughs> like, we can't use any of this. Um, and then, so they came to this agreement that the mm. censor and the producer would meet after the show and then they would discuss what had gone on and they would fight. My favorite showbiz moment is the producer, Dan Patterson, coming up after a show and going, Colin, we lost a pussy, but we got two penises. <laughs> <laughs> so sweet. All right. Um, yeah. And I never, we never knew where the line was because there were some things that got through that I thought, Oh, Really, I thought that would be gone. And then they bleeped Ryan saying hand uh, during a hoedown. Um, I weird. guess because it alluded to masturbation. But without it, your mind went to a thousand worse places. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we did, a we did another show called You Tr Trust Us With Your Life in... Um, Britain. We were shooting in Britain, but it was an ABC show. And mm -hmm. the ABC censor had come flown across and said, all right, here are the rules. Of course, you can't say all the major swear words. You're allowed, I think we're allowed one dick a show. <laughs> um, <laughs> if, um, if, you're, if you play an old character, you can't shake. And mm -hmm. if you're a prostitute, you have to be more coquettish than slutty. Those were our rules. Wow. Like, oh, 
So I was just looking forward to playing an old prostitute <laughs> with Tourette's because I had the character down. I can't imagine people having to take themselves seriously while literally typing those words onto a paper. More coquetty, less. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. And especially when you're improvising because you're just going with the flow. Yeah. So we found when we we're trying to think of those rules, you would stop yourself. And then we thought, you know what? It's really up to them. We'll just do it. And then it's up to them right. to figure out what's yeah. not going to harm the American public. Right, right. <laughs> uh, did you guys, uh, when did you start doing the lives? Like you would do, um, you started going out on the road and stuff like that and doing like live shows with who's with the cast, right? At one point, like I think for a while. Yeah, we did, uh, we did the Drew shows in Vegas. Uh, I guess pretty much after the show started in 98 and we, we, we did that every year for like five or six years and then brad sherwood and i have been touring for 20 we just had our 20th year wow and um yeah everybody sort of i think ryan was sort of the last to tour ryan uh great groups jeff davis and um joel murray have been uh, touring for a, a little while but yeah we we thought what the heck? Might as well do this while we can, because who knows how long this is going to last. Yeah. Do you like being on the road, though? Would you Were you like a road guy back in the day when you started out, too, like doing like a bunch of shows on tour, or were you just primarily like... No, I stayed at home and uh, did shows. <laughs> I, I, the city I lived in. That was the beauty. Right. And, um, I enjoy aspects of it. The travel now has gotten... Oh no, yeah. <laughs> no! It's just they're transporters or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, this right? is no. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I love being able to see all the great old theaters uh, that we've gone to and um, doing the shows and you know small towns that don't get a lot of uh, entertainment coming their way. So it feels it's a nice ego boost and it also yeah. you feel it's you feel like you're doing something um, meaningful. Absolutely. I actually, we have so many of our fans commenting in, on all these different forums. So we do have one because we can see the ones that come across over on Twitch. And somebody actually said, I just saw the lineup for the Amazon Prime for the, uh, yeah, the Amazon Prime last one laugh in Canada and think Colin is going to win. Did his improv skills give him an advantage in the in this show? Hmm. I don't, I don't know if they gave me an advantage because it's a, a pretty great cast. For those who don't know, it's 10 comedians in a room for six hours. Um, you're not allowed to break up. And uh, the last one left standing is the winner. So um, there are, I, I think working, I guess working with Who's Line, uh, the Who's Line cast kind of helped with that. I mean, not that I found them funny to begin with, but... <laughs> Through that, I, I learned to keep things, uh, keep a straight face and keep things going when they would sort of uh, lose it. So in that aspect, it did. But with the comedians that were in the room, it was, uh, you, had to, you had to concentrate. And it was hard because there would be times where you forget that this was a competition. It was just, you'd be talking and then all of a sudden, oh my God, I just smiled. <laughs> and then, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> it's, it was uh, horrifying. That's great. I can't wait to I can't wait to check it out. And uh, Steve also said, please don't say Tom Green one. We can't give any spoilers, Steve. Sorry. But <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, we have a couple people one. over on Facebook. Uh, Elle Victoria said, love whose line. It's what got her into improv. 
Um, another person said, yes, keep it vaxxed with an applause. <laughs> um, again, hi, Colin, loved you on Whose Line Is It Anyway from Alicia Wright. Um, and I got some, Susanna Harris said that uh, when she was hungover in college, you were basically her comfort show. <laughs> and yep. now she just watches all the best of clips on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are there any negative comments? Because I love those too. Because, uh, you know, I've... So? So I've far, heard, people I've have really people. been enjoying you. Somebody did say, uh, you call that you. a castle? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what you <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I've been incredibly fortunate. Uh, first of all, that a show came along that, you know, showcased the one skill that would, could set me apart. <laughs> and uh, what I've learned over the years is having gone around the world and improvised, um how fortunate i was because there are a lot of great improvisers out there who just never got a television show so um i'm really thankful for that and thankful that they gave us a career and um sometimes a free coffee <laughs> <laughs> did you have a favorite place that you've seen in all of these incredible places you've been to through this uh career uh I always loved um, working in London because I loved the London improvisers. But we did a show in Oslo. And uh, my wife's also an improviser, and she got to uh, work with it. And it was great. It was just, I actually um, did a scene in Norwegian. And I have no idea what I said. They said, here are your two lines. <laughs> Made me repeat it. <laughs> All I know is, got a lot of laughs. I don't know if it was for the right reason. <laughs> But it was kind of cool to think, I have no idea what's going on. I'm just following these people, doing some physical stuff. No yeah. idea what the scene is about. Have no idea what I've just said. But it's still getting the laughs. So <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Norway was one of my favorite places I've ever been to, too. I feel like and, Oslo is definitely... And really expensive. It is. It is. But a lot of not a lot of natural beauty around too. So they, they seem to appreciate the smaller things. Absolutely. So Did you go to that park that's just filled with statues? Oh, I did not get to oh, that. Yeah, it's I will amazing. definitely try and get back. Yeah, go back. Sorry, John. Absolutely. Uh, where have you been? No, 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 no. I, <laughs> I didn't want to leave you out. I don't know if you've ever been to a little place called Brooklyn, but uh, <laughs> I went to the brag. IKEA in Brooklyn. That's oh, did the you? only time it was in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, okay. How did you your, try the long, meatballs? As long as the end of that sentence wasn't like I was robbed in an IKEA in Brooklyn. No, <laughs> I feel like you you had a good time. Yeah, I, yeah, it was great. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Then you haven't met my family, so that's a good. That's also a great, a great family. plus. Family. Uh, was it was it like a point of pride? Because I love when you guys were on Who's Line or whatever. It would seem like you and uh, Ryan, especially, would try to break each other, or at least mm -hmm. Wayne, like somebody. Was that like a contest going on behind the scenes to see if one of you could make the other one lose it? I don't. I, I don't think it was ever a conscious thing. But when you saw that moment of weakness. You pounced. <laughs> it was like you never thought. Oh, I, I, you know, you're trying to. The scene is the thing, and then you go, oh, right, <laughs> oh, and it was a. Um, it did fill me with pride because everyone on that show are really jaded. They've seen a lot of comedy. They've seen a lot of yeah. stuff. But when you could actually break them up, it really felt great. And especially Ryan, I, I loved breaking up Ryan. I mean, Drew was. Pretty easy, fair. <laughs> but uh, when you got Ryan, it, yeah, it felt really good. Yeah, yeah, it, it did always seem like you guys almost would always. It was when you guys would do those things where you would get in each other's faces. I swear to God, it was like I'm like I don't know which one. We would bet on who was gonna break first. 
And it was it was always a coin toss because you never knew which one of you was going to start laughing. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's times I think, what was it that would make us laugh? And there was no constant. There would be the thing of, of course, I was being totally surprised by what the person said. And then there was the thing of not being surprised, but not believing that they actually said that. Right. <laughs> and then, so it was just constantly, you could, and if anyone hurt themselves on stage, I was gone. Nothing to me is funnier than somebody hurting themselves. <laughs> it's, I, it's cruel, I know, and I feel bad about it. But I love, someone watch, walking into a lamppost, I have mm. to run away and order for one. Is your home life very funny too? Because I feel like if your wife is doing improv, does it? Do you two both feed off of each other and with the laughs? Yeah, I mean, she. Um, yeah, she's she's actually the funny one in the family. Uh, when we're out, I tend to be. I, I tend to sit back and quieter. She, uh, Deb is very, she's an extrovert. She's a great storyteller. I've heard the stories all uh, thousands of times, but they still, because she always adds a new element, which mm. I think is great. Um, and at home, yeah, we have some uh, good laughs. There was one time I made her laugh so hard she fell into our pool. Uh, <laughs> um, with a bathrobe and her pajamas. Again, another proud moment. Of my life. <laughs> uh, did you ever try to dabble into like stand-up comedy when you were coming around a lot of these guys or anything like that? Have you ever thought about it? Here's the thing. I <laughs> have nothing but respect for stand-ups because to me, it is the most difficult comedic art. Hmm. Um, you know, with, with stand-up, it, it really is you against the audience. They sit back and go, okay, let's see what you've got. With improv, right. you know, they're giving us suggestions. So they have a vested interest in us doing well. So we have maybe an ex extra 10 minutes before we can suck. <laughs> I um, The one time I accidentally did it, um, we were doing Whose Line? It was with, uh, yeah, Drew was hosting. And I got a call from my publicist saying, uh, Spago is doing an event. It's for uh, Las Vegas. The mayor will be there. And it's just sort of get uh, Hollywood to do more movies in Vegas. And we would like you to host Host the evening. Wow. And I thought, oh, I, I, there's nothing I hate more than hosting. But I thought, <laughs> you know what? These are the things I'm probably going to be offered. I got to find a way to get around it. So I mm -hmm. said, yes. So um, next day, I get a fax. It shows you how long ago this was. <laughs> <laughs> I get a fax, and it's the itinerary. And it says, Colin opens with 20 minutes of uh, stand-up. So immediately, I think, these people who have hired me have no idea who I am. <laughs> so I call and say, hi, um, I don't know if you know what I do for a living. <laughs> I, I improvise. I, I, I make up things. I, I, I don't have a stand-up act. I don't have anything. And they said, well, just be funny for 20 minutes. I went, oh, okay, thank you. Thank you. For <laughs> I never thought of it that way. So uh, we were shooting on the weekend. I went to Drew and said, Drew, listen. Um, I have to do stand-up for this thing. I've never done it. Do you have any tips? And he thought for a second and went, get out of it. And I thought, <laughs> okay. That probably is the best advice. But I don't feel I can do it. So uh, I show up to Spago's, and it's just packed. There's no stage. 
Um, it's just oh, a God. floor with every and everyone is schmoozing. Yeah. And there was um, there they were uh, showcasing an Alberta vodka. So I immediately <laughs> went over there <laughs> and just started. And I thought, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do something. And just as I, I was about to start, um, the promoter said, oh, we have to, uh, we're holding 10 minutes. Spielberg's coming. <laughs> and I went, oh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so, and let me just say, at this point, I, I didn't have anything. I had right. no act. I All I thought was, you know what? I'll tell a story. I'll get stuff from the audience. And then just and make a funny story for twenty minutes. <laughs> so luckily, there were these two guys who um, were just glued onto me, just and giving me every suggestion. Nobody else. At one point, the promoter stands up and yells, "For God's sake, listen to him! He's trying." <laughs> so I thought this is not. Um, so I, I got through it, and then I, as I started to leave, and then I found out it wasn't Steven Spielberg they were holding for; it was Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> so there was like no positives. I, oh. I did it, I guess, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, that taught me no. This is not your gig. This is wow. leave it to professionals. That's that's the greatest non-stand-up story ever, though. That's a that's an and it was very stand-up in being yeah. a non-stand-up. Everything you said, I felt my stomach sit like with no stay. Oh, I was like, oh, that's a bad oh. sign. Oh, the ten-minute hold, only two. Uh, now, there's nothing better than getting sitting around with a bunch of comedians and just hearing their horror stories. Yeah, but they just never end. <laughs> oh no, I know it never does. It's a weird. It's a weird. You know what's crazy about it is that. Every fiber of your being before going on points to and you're like, you shouldn't be doing this. There's an exit right there. You could leave at any fucking time. You can go home and but you yeah. just still do it. Like I remember being asked to do uh, 25 minutes when I only had six and I went, yeah, I, I'll do that. <laughs> and I just wanted the the experience. I was like, I, no one else is going to ask me to do this right now. I'm gonna do it. And I, I mean, I died a death. And there I was is like, something about embracing that. Embracing yeah. the bomb, where you oh, just yeah, yeah. Uh, we would. It was the Who's Line guide. It was Chip Eston, Brad Sherwood, Greg Proops, and me. And uh, we were asked to do a corporate in Hawaii. And mm -hmm. as you know, as a stand-up corporates, I would say a day without laughter is a corporate. And um, <laughs> so it was a used car salesman or something. So we we run out there, and it's like. 18 tables of people and we go, Hey, how many of you have seen uh, whose line is it anyway? No one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so the only laughs we got were from the performers who were not on stage <laughs> because <laughs> it was so horrific and right. there was some funny stuff happening, but not a beat, <laughs> nothing except Greg Proops would be snorting over there watching us die. <laughs> I truly feel those make you stronger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It makes you survive any normal situation in your life way, way better. Any family altercation, any kind of, you're like, yeah, none of this matters to me. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I had one, uh, I was in Michigan during the, you know, the whole Trump thing or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I've got an hour and then the last maybe 15 minutes, I'll get into like some Trump jokes just because it's what's going on. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But I was like, yeah. and, and most of the happen? time, yeah. 
exactly. And and like I don't know if you know Jessica Kirsten, but she's a hilarious comic, and she said uh, basically when she goes into red state, she's like, I follow a few rules. I, I she's vegetarian. She's also a lesbian or whatever she goes. But when I'm in those states, I love meat and I love dick and <laughs> I love the president. It's like, it's like, I don't want to die. So I'm like, yeah, it's good advice. But I, I go, I do a, I mention his name. The audience goes into a fit of rage for no, because I guess they just saw beard, long hair and we're like, fuck you. So they just lose their shit. But the, uh, my friend who I travel with all the time, Joanne Filan, literally kicked open the two doors in the back to come into the place. I thought she was going to Richard gear me out of, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, because I was just up against the wall and had nowhere to go. And these people were like rioting. We should be getting close to Star Trek territory where we're <laughs> each other. There's no money. Yeah, I would love that. Everybody's wearing the same shit. Although I think we had a third world war before that happened. Uh, yeah, we had a guy from uh, the CIA on the show, a retired CIA dude who always insists that there's going to be a third world war. And he's like pretty confident. Is it like going to be next year? Yeah. I got some gigs I got to reschedule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, would you, did you have a particular teacher when you started? Like that somebody that you kind of looked toward like to guide you in this kind of thing or anybody that – because when you started or did you just kind of throw yourself into it? Yeah, no. It was like learning about sex. I learned it on the streets. <laughs> there really wasn't um, – um, you know, in high school theater, there was, was no improv. So it was just like theater. And then I, I had a couple of improv workshops, but it was like a fairly, um, when did that, 1980 was when theater sports started in Vancouver. And I had like maybe two workshops and then it was just thrown into it. And um, I mean, there were a lot of great improvisers that I would watch, people who would make me laugh on stage. I'd sort of study them and go, mm -hmm. okay, what is it that's making me laugh? What are they doing? And whether it was their incredible character work or their, uh, how they kept the scene going. So uh, there, was, there wasn't one teacher. There was a, a group of uh, nice. those early improvisers. And what I loved about it, they weren't all theater people. They were from different walks of life. One was a, a, a cable installer and... Um, oh, wow. like a chef and so it it was nice getting different points of view so it wasn't all from an artistic sort of uh, head up my ass thing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I actually I guess artists of course we are essential but you know sometimes we Oh, sure. Yeah. I actually like that you mentioned that quite a few times. You're like, yeah, I, I get it. I respect it, but I'm not, it's not the way I work, which is kind of, which is kind of nice. Uh, because people tend to kind of blow smoke up their own ass when they're talking about that kind of shit. And I don't even know what they mean half the time. There's people who, you know, you've been doing it for years and they say something and you're like, I've never experienced that. Is there something wrong with me that I've never had that epiphany or, yeah, you know, I had no epiphany. I just like work. My thing always was, this is my job. It's not my lifestyle. Yeah. And uh, Brad Sherwood and I were actually talking about having a, a coffee table book that was just called Keeping You Humble. Because, you know, these things where, um, you know, there was one show where we asked for a couple of uh, bottles of water by our stools and we got, what are you, the fucking Rolling Stones? <laughs> <laughs> we're not asking for a lot. Right. <laughs> Keeps you humble. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it too. Is like, uh, if you, I learned kind of early on, if you have, if you can separate what you do and still have that thing, because I never, like, everybody I knew moved into the city immediately to do stand up, 
And I like had a choice whether I wanted to keep my apartment where I was living in New Jersey or go into the city. And I went, if I went to the city, it would be nonstop. That would be my whole fucking life. It would just be around comedians, whatever. And I really do like that. I went and had like a social life and then dabble in comedy. It's really important because you need that to sort of infuse your comedy. If you're just stuck with other comedians, you know, yep. you've, you've blocked off a large part of the population. Yeah, exactly. And you get bitter real quick and old. Uh, I think, I don't know. Yeah. yeah Did you have a... covered. I'm fine. <laughs> Did you have a regular job before you went, before you went full force that this is my career now? Um, um, no. Because I felt nice. that that would uh, that would hold me back. No, I felt uh, <laughs> I had no skills. So there really wasn't. Uh, you know, I was a waiter uh, for uh -huh. a little while, and then when I went, when I thought, no, improvising—that's where I'm going to make the big bucks. <laughs> um, we started off in this um, small theater, and it was literally pulling people in from the streets because nobody knew what improv was mm -hmm. and then within a year it was the big thing in the city we actually started making we're able to pay improvisers so i started making enough to at least pay the rent and pay food so i was i was very lucky yeah before nice. that you know telephone soliciting for a couple of days uh i was a waiter that was my longest maybe at, wow. uh, three months and then those jobs that you do just for, you know, a day. I was Uncle Fred's chicken, where I <laughs> had to dress in a chicken outfit. And then uh, driven to radio stations for some reason in my chicken outfit and being interviewed. <laughs> but all I could do was... Buck, buck, buck. And it wasn't until the fifth one that I thought, why am I in a chicken costume? Right. <laughs> We're on radio. <laughs> <laughs> what did your family think when you were going into the, the arts were they cool with it were they like my father was very you know do what you love do whatever my mother would send me matchbooks that say so you want to be a lawyer with <laughs> <laughs> a phone number and it's like oh and it really wasn't until um the who's line cast was on hollywood squares mm. and that was when i made it for my mother Wow. It was like, okay, so I can stop worrying about you. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Is it because it was a, a show that she had watched when she was young? Like that was her yeah, idea of fame. Our, oh, that's sweet though. Our first, when we did our first Vegas gig, you know, we drive up to Caesar's Palace and it's a Drew Carey, uh, Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, you know, on the marquee. It was like, mm -hmm. it, it was amazing. Of course, I don't know how many acts take pictures of their marquees but uh, yeah i did oh, yeah of course so, so i was talking to my mother she says oh what are you doing i said well i'm in vegas we're doing a show at uh, caesar's we're headlining there and she did the obvious uh first mother's question is it on television i said <laughs> no uh we're doing no it's a you know a stage show and there was a long silence and then she said well maybe someone will see it and give you a job <laughs> i thought i'm headlining in Vegas. Right. I'm doing okay. Um, I have another couple of questions from the audience real quick that I'm just going to run you. Um, one of them wanted to know if uh, there was ever a point on whose line um, where you realized that this was working, that you felt comfortable on it. Like this is working. Uh, the show is doing well. I'm doing well. I'm really comfortable. Uh, maybe 
four years in. Mm-hmm. Um, on the British, it, it took me to the American um, version because on the British one, you know, I had the very bad first show. Then they brought me back. And then every year after that, for the next five years, they would say, we're going to give you one show. And then I would end up doing all of them. Oh, but wow. then I'd go back to the start of, okay, maybe two shows this year. And I would do all of them. <laughs> but it wasn't until the first year of the, the, the American one where I thought, you know what? I think I, I, think I got this. I, I think <laughs> I can handle this. Yeah. And, uh, and somebody else wanted to know, is it true that you never missed a day on Whose Line? Yeah. Uh, wow. So far, I, I'm the only one who's been on every show on the American one. Holy shit. Wow. Uh, Wayne missed a couple because he was doing Kinky Boots in New York. Okay. And Ryan missed a couple because he had food poisoning. And um, wow. so he got food poisoning on the day we were taping. So oh, the producers call Greg Proops, who lives 10 minutes away. Mm-hmm. He comes uh, in and, you know, we're talking. He goes, man, you know, I didn't know I was working today. So <laughs> uh, you know, I had the barbecue fired up, had a couple of shots of uh, vodka and two really big spliffs. And I went, oh, all right. So we do the show. And of course, you can't tell. He's just mm-hmm. funny knocking out of the park until we get to sound effects where the audience uh, members do your sound effects, he starts doing his own sound effects. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm trying to break. Greg, what do you, you know, see the people at the side there? They're, they're supposed to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But aside from that, no, he was uh, great. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, we, I just want to thank you for coming on, dude, because we're kind of bitch up to an hour. But uh, I've got two more questions that we ask every guest. Can you uh, yep. hang around? Great. Like, yeah, awesome. I have something to do at night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where you are. I was like, oh, well, is it super late? Or is I don't know why, John. Right now? I'm watching a, a series called Station Eleven about a pandemic that takes out half the world. <laughs> <laughs> so I can wait. <laughs> please, please at least tell me that this turns out better than we're doing. Is that why you're watching it? For a- um, it, First of all, it's really good. It's uh, okay. very good. And... Um, yeah, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. Colin tells you to watch something, you watch it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so actually, that's a good question. What were you doing during the pandemic? I mean, did you enjoy the time off? Uh, this is one of the two questions, but now I'm taking advantage of yeah. time. You told I had- me you had nowhere to be, and now it's... Yeah, you been. know, you, you don't want to talk positively about a pandemic. No. But it was really good for me. Um, it was literally the first time I'd been home for a long period of time in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So for a year and a half, two years, I was uh, with my wife. We got a lot of stuff done around the house. Um, I started to really realize how much I needed more of a balance in my life. Because leading up to then, I was doing the tour with the hypnotist, the tour with Brad Sherwood. I was shooting a movie in Utah. Mm-hmm. So my days were heading to an airport, like three in the morning, flying somewhere, <laughs> driving somewhere, doing a show, flying somewhere. And then I realized during this time, oh, my body really responds to not doing things for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I think it gave me more, a little more insight into myself. And it made me, you know, I'm not planning on retiring soon, but I always thought right. retirement was something I could never do. Mm-hmm. But I thought, oh, yeah. no, I could, I could do it. 
Yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever fully retire. It'll be semi-retirement, but it, <laughs> it was nice to know that I won't go insane. Right. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. It felt like, uh, you know, again, like you don't want to talk positively about it at all, but like, uh, it did feel like it was a snow day where it wasn't really anybody's fault. You were just, you were just like, it's a snow day. I can't get out on the road. There's no plow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we actually connected with people who we don't see on a regular basis, but we start zooming with them for, yeah, because people really wanted that human contact. So that was nice too, sort of revigorating some friendships. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think for a lot of us too, because like, uh, I don't know if you felt career wise or anything like that too, where you just had more control over, like sometimes for me, I was like, I don't want to do, there's a lot of shit I don't want to do anymore. and realize you don't have to do because it was kind of eye opening because it was almost like, oh, if I don't do this thing in the middle of nowhere for no money, I might not work, you know, the and then I was like, oh no, that thing's gone now. And yeah. I really didn't have to do it. And I'm still here and I can create and do other shit. So it's interesting. Did you pick up any other hobbies or anything like that? No, I thought I would create more. But then I realized I'm incredibly lazy. I, um, <laughs> I, I thought, oh, I'll write a bunch of stuff. No. Yeah. I read some books. I binged some shows and just, uh, oh, uh, cooking. I did a lot more cooking. Um, uh, I, I've done all the, my wife doesn't cook. Um, so I, I do that. And she developed this gluten thing. My daughter became pescatarian. So it was like, oh, oh all man. these new recipes I have to figure out on feeding everyone. So uh, that was cool. Nice. That is cool. Um, do you got do you any more questions from the fan? You want to jump in, Tom, before I wrap it up? Um, no. I mean, they're all over the place. And we appreciate everybody that's been checking us out. And make sure you yes. jump over to that Twitch side so we can – I'll pull them up if we get them on here, guys. And I appreciate Please. you guys all being there. Just a lot of positivity coming for you, saying oh, how much nice. they loved all the different shows. The Robin Williams show was one person's favorite. Richard Simmons was actually another person's. So there was so much positivity coming. So we do appreciate all of that. But, well, yeah. I'm uh, better than I thought I was. Um, <laughs> I just would like to, at this moment, just thank everyone who has given me a career and uh, watched the show and kept it going. Because, um, as I say, I'm, I'm doing something I love that didn't exist when I was growing up. So, And that's because people kept wanting to see it. And, of course, I was very fortunate that Who's Line came along and the other improvisers. So um, I... I'm just ecstatic about how lucky I've been in my life and hope that continues. Although I've got this thing on my back. Anyway. <laughs> if anybody out there is a doctor. <laughs> um, okay. So the last few questions uh, that we ask every guest are um, actually I'm going to throw in a third too, because we're trying oh. something new. I don't okay. sorry to expose you to this, but um, one of them is if you can go back in time, talk to your younger self and give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today, what would it be? Relax. I, uh, when I was younger, everything seemed almost uh, do or die. And uh, then I realized, um, you know, life, it truly is a marathon. It's not a sprint. I mean, I mm -hmm. became an internationally known celebrity. <laughs> I'm using air quotes for people who can't see. Um, when I was uh, 44. So that was a lot of time of not doing that. Right. Uh, but I had a great time because I, I um, met some great people. I kind of honed my craft. I figured out what I wanted to do. But it took me the longest time to relax into that. When I was younger, it was, you know, you get so caught up on, I got to get stuff, now. especially when you see people you went to school with immediately hit the uh, what yeah. they want to do and they know exactly what's happening and it works out well for them and you're still struggling. So, um, yeah. And I tell, I say that to everyone, relax, things 
work out. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you saw me sometimes, I don't. Okay, but um, you know, all you can do is keep a positive attitude. I, I yep. truly have learned from being an improviser of living in the moment and not having any preconceived ideas of what's about to happen because I'm usually wrong. So yeah. I just try to live in the moment, work with what I have, and just keep going along happily. Nice. Uh, and the second question is, uh, what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Uh, besides my love of dolphins? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's a really good question. That, that, that got end? so sad so quick. <laughs> what did I have? To, what had to end before I got to this particular point? Mm -hmm. Good or bad? Oh, um, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, well, an end of a lot of bad relationships when I was younger. Because um, uh, I found that those relationships I like to call my starter relationships because they taught me what I didn't want. Nice. And through that, I uh, partnered with this lovely woman who we've been married 32 years. Uh, she still takes my breath away, though harder now that I've hidden the pillows. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> she is, um, no. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I had to end a lot of doubts about myself and what I could do in this world. And that was, um, like anyone else, it's not an easy thing to do because, you know, we all have we all have our problems. We all have our things we have to work through. Some people have more than others and more difficult. And mine, um, overall, fairly uh, basic, stupid human things but I, there were things that i had to get over i had to get over uh, crippling uh, shyness i had to get over certain fears fears of which as i look back now fears of um looking silly and now it's right <laughs> those, those self-doubts had to end for me to get where i am nice uh, and when you said, uh, I, I never realized the Pavlovian association I had towards this, but when you announced how long you've been married, I almost comedy club audience applauded. I know. I was, I was surprised like, that there wasn't. <laughs> anyway. Oh, see, I should have done it. I was like, oh, uh, that's very nice. No, years. it's good. I mean, uh, oh. again, very fortunate. And it's, uh, I mean, she's worked incredibly hard on this. <laughs> the actual, six months into our marriage, she said, I thought you'd be easier to change. <laughs> and, <laughs> and throughout the time, I have changed in ways that are pleasing to her, but you know, I went at my own pace. Uh, that's awesome, dude. Very nice. Uh, all right, and the new question. Are you ready? Here we go. Uh, in a dystopia, if it was a genuinely a real dystopia, how would you like to be taken out? Aliens, zombies, uh, volcano, mm. um, you know, what kind of, what would be your epic death? My epic death? would be by an alien mm. who needs my sperm to keep the race going. <laughs> so they make love to me till I'm a husk. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time asking any of our guests this, that was be you made it real hard for everybody else. Cause that I was gonna say that's gotta be the last time. I don't think anything tops that that answer. We know what you know. What I'm really laughing at too is uh, we have an artist that's going to be drawing these for each guest. I oh, can't right. wait. Yeah, <laughs> and we'll be drawing yours. 
and make it a good-looking alien because I don't <laughs> just, like you know try to keep all races going. I'm I'm particular. I'll tell her. I'll let her know. Yeah. I got you know I got taste. Right. You're a you're a Trek fan. You understand how it goes. You always got good-looking aliens. Yeah. Uh, dude, thank you so so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you, and it was lovely meeting you. Oh, uh, thanks, John. Indeed. Thanks, Tom. It's uh, lovely. It was just a lovely little conversation. Truly, truly was incredible. Thank you so much, man. We hope to have you back and see you again. And when you are able to get around here, we're both all uh, fully vaxxed. We'll make sure we get to the show. Yeah, that's yeah, all about it. And Anytime. check it out on uh, um, Amazon Prime, LOL Canada. Um, it's uh, it's what's the, what's the name of the it's 10 comedies, 10 comedians in a room, right? Yeah, it's just called LOL Canada. Hello, Canada. Okay, but it's ten, that's the description. Ten comedians in a room, which I think is a better title. But doesn't yeah. matter how many shows I've done. I still fucking suck at this. So it's <laughs> <laughs> clearly, I don't even know why we announce how many shows we've done because I'm not getting any better. Uh, <laughs> but I'll get it. I'll we'll plug it and throw it all over yeah. the place. And I get a grant for working with you, so it's okay. Jim. Oh, perfect! Wow, someone's doing very well. <laughs> Thank you oh, again. God. Thank you so much for coming on with Take us. Take care, man. Peace. Can't Take wait care. Stay safe, Have everyone. Dystopia tonight.